Christmas Little Biscuits and Sun-Dried Tomatoes. It's your boy, Eddie Collins. Guys, this is Justin Brown, a.k.a. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Tati, dude, the a.k.a. Tati got so bad at me because, uh, folks, if you haven't seen our fan appreciation video, please either go to our social medias at Medium P Podcast or YouTube.com slash Medium P Podcast. You can watch the full almost two-minute video. Um but at the end of it, I say uh, Eddie Collins, a.k.a. Brandon Collins. She's like, you can't a.k.a. your actual name, you <laughs> fucking psychopath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, I did. Kind of so Brandon. what you going to do? Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, but folks, uh, we're uh, wrapping up the holiday season by reviewing the 1974 quote unquote classic. Um Slasher, slasher, Black Christmas. And here's the thing. I had never seen this movie. I thought I saw it before. I don't know. I never saw this movie either. For some reason, I thought I had seen this before. Um, I I saw some other weird shit, I guess. Maybe probably for this podcast because we'd be watching. You know, we watch Mm -hmm. more movies every month. So it all starts to blur at a certain point with the craziness, especially the 70s, 80s. All these movies are fucking cuckoo bananas. Um, (laughs) You know. 70s is wild. But then I realized, I was like, oh, this is that movie when we quote-unquote get to the twist, which is that the killer's been inside the house the whole time making these phone calls. Yeah. yeah. I, I, like, oh. I realized that pretty quickly. I was like, oh, this is where that old, you know, story, yeah. uh, uh, urban legend comes from. Yeah. But I thought or, that, or they use that urban legend for this film. Yeah, but for some reason, I thought that was the movie uh, When a Stranger Calls or something like that that has to twist that the killer's actually in the house, but... I guess it was this. But at the same time, I was like, well, how does this nigga have more technology to distort their voice and shit than the, the killer from Scream? Like, it's 1974. How is he doing all these different voices? This is true. Well, not, well, he also had Screams in there. So basically, he was killing people and putting them on the phone and letting you hear it. Like, yeah. Or I, I don't know. I, I, but they were I, also I implying that maybe it was like the prankster still. Like we never got clarification of who, which actual calls were from the dude, except maybe like the mo like the. <sighs> no, no, they were all from him. So that's crazy. Unless he had a voice recorder and he was recording stuff and then playing it off a voice recorder. But even then, it like literally, it's got to play out like loud. He was assaulting somebody in yeah. the moment. But even like to your point, Justin, if he, the killer's playing a voice recorder into the phone, here's the thing that drove me crazy about this fucking movie. It takes place predominantly in a, a sorority house. Yeah. But unless these walls are paper, unless, unless they are so fucking thick, like cement walls, there's no reason why someone didn't hear this nigga making phone calls, this nigga playing voices on the phone, this nigga making voices on the phone, and also just walking around the house. At the well, end of the movie, Justin, we have dead bodies in this fucking house. They haven't been cleared out, and no one goes upstairs. The nigga is still alive, just hanging out. Yeah. Like he's the fucking Phantom of the Opera. I was like, why? <laughs> what is more, going more on? More like Quasimodo, because this motherfucker is up he's in the a, fucking Yeah, he's ad- a, above yeah. ground. 
Phantoms yeah. downstairs. <laughs> Him downstairs. But imagine they were roommates. <laughs> they never the see Phantom and Quasimodo. They would never see each other. Strangers in the night. <laughs> oh my god, they would sing together. Yeah, they would. Of oh course, that's the music. You know, I was a fuck. I was fucked up. My mom used to be almost too blunt, blunt with me. Like almost, she would like protect me, like raising me in the suburbs and shit. But then she randomly tell me some real shit. Like I remember we saw the animated Hunchback in Notre Dame, you know, the Disney movie and shit. Mm. Hot as Esmeralda. I think Demi yeah, Moore yeah. did the voice. Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, after that movie, I was like, wow, that's like a really crazy story. My my mom was like, yeah, and the real one, Quasimodo dies. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, like he falls off the roof killing the the priest dude or whatever. And then I saw an adaptation of it, and that's literally how it ends. And I was like, "Wait, he falls off the roof and like they pu- he pushes the you know the main bad dude from the church. Mm-hmm. He pushes them. They they both like essentially die falling off the roof of the the tower. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. And then oh, um, for the love of life, well, oh uh, well, I guess can we call right. them? I, that's the thing. There's so much PC shit. Can we call them gypsies anymore? What's happening? Uh, no, I'm, it, what well, about at the time though? They were called gypsies. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not necessarily uh, politically correct now. But what are they called? But them? at the same time, if you're looking at it through the lens of Disney and Disney at that time when that movie came out, yeah. white woman. <laughs> well, she was dark skinned, but she was voiced by a white woman. But I remember, man, that horny dude, the the fire dude had a hor- song about how he wanted to fuck her. Tati pointed that out to me. She's like, yeah, that song about the fire, that's about him wanting to fuck her. I'm like, mm-hmm. what? Uh, th- there, was another, there was another one. Uh, where somebody had a song, it was basically, essentially it's just like I'm gonna get that ass. The bare necessities. Well, it was like I'm gonna fuck you, kid. <laughs> I'm gonna eat you from the butt. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Lion King was another one. My mom was. I was like, man, I love the Lion King. My mom's like, yeah, it's like an adaptation of Hamlet. I was like, what's Hamlet? And then I read about what Hamlet was, and that was yeah, fucking yeah, crazy. Ah. <laughs> and then, well, actually, Lion King gets really dark when you realize that Scar fucked his mama and everybody else. Well, that's and why it's Hamlet. Allah as well. Yeah, but well, that's probably why it's Hamlet because that's essentially the the brother you know gets with the mom and shit. But mm-hmm. anyways, Black Christmas. <laughs> yep. Black Christmas. Okay, hey so, guys, guess what? Ain't not one nigga in this <laughs> Oh, there ain't no black. There ain't mm. no dark people in this movie. Yep. And for me, what frustrated me about it was that there was some actual, like, for being made in, like, the early 90s, 1970s, one, I thought it had a very distinctive vibe. Like, it's it's shot very well. Yeah. And it, feel, it has a very specific vibe that you can tell was pulled from, like, you know, pulled by other horror films, particularly, like, mm-hmm. Halloween and, like, Friday the 13th and other, like, classic horror films. So I was like, okay, I can kind of fuck with this. But then, sweet lord, the end of the first act through the middle act into the third act are so fucking boring and nonsensical Bro. and weird. And I'm just like, why are, there, why are they adding more white people to the screen that bring nothing? Like, they have and no screen presence. Them, half of them all look alike. So you don't all know the men, f- all the men looked alike. I had no idea who was who, except for maybe the cop, the John main detective. Sax- oh, wait, was it John Saxon? No, no, well, it wasn't. John yeah, it was John Saxon. Saxon. Yeah, John John Saxon. And then there was a dude with long hair who kind of looked like John Saxon, but older. Yeah, who was supposed to be a college kid. That kid was ugly. I'm. Sorry. Are you talking about the boyfriend, Peter? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that nigga look. Originally, uh, according to UBS research, who was supposed to play that? I think it was it was a famous uh, actor, Mal- Malcolm McDowell. 
was originally uh, offered the role of Peter, but he had to turn it down, which is a decision he says that he regrets to this day when he saw the massive success of this film and the classic uh, horror film status. Listen, after uh, after seeing that guy on film, they might as well just offered it to Willem Dafoe now. Because <laughs> that dude was ghoulish. He was a yeah, very... Yeah, but you can't... You don't do that to Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe is one of the best actors. No, no. I said past. Willem Dafoe now. I know, but Physically, like... I know, now. but like, that's the even the gray into Willem Dafoe. This this actor was god-awful. Oh, well, yes. Yeah. Well, we're not talking about acting. We're talking about just what he oh, looks for like. the looks. The yeah, guy okay. looked like he was 72 years old. Oh, yeah. Old. He was... I mean, everyone looked crazy, except Margot Kidder... Mm-hmm. A la Lois Lane. Lois Lane, but she looked hot. Like I remember having a little crush on her as Lois Lane in Superman. Mm. She looked fucking, and she looked hot in this movie, dude. Yeah, yeah. What, what, like at the beginning of the movie, she had the little choker on. Yep. I was like, okay. Yep. I, I was see, like, I see you. That's what. See you. Honestly, that's what got me into this movie. Yeah, hit her off with that because she stuff. actually has a certain level of like charisma and energy. Like I was, I was flabbergasted by how how lazy the acting felt at times. Oh, yeah. And how awkward but it was. I was just at like... At the same time, Brandon, I feel like part of that was is just the 70s. I mm. felt like in the 70s, acting, not across the board, but a lot of it was very lazy and it was very subdued, but subdued to the point where it's just like, you guys ain't doing anything. Yeah. It's, it's like, why am I watching this? But this movie was incredibly boring incredibly boring very boring it's now also if we're going to talk about um <clears throat> weird looks in actors and actresses uh, uh in this film the girl with the curly hair and glasses you cannot tell me brandon on this podcast today that that's not meg from family guy as a real life person <laughs> she <laughs> straight up look like meg it might have been it might have been inspired by that yes she looked that's nuts. Hilarious. That's that's funny. Yeah, I um, I will say also um, the actress that played Jesse, when she had the yellow little, little yellow thing on, like the mm. shirt, I was like, she looked pretty good in that. She's terrible in this role. Yeah, horrendous. I mean, when she has the what is it? She sees all the mutilated bodies in the, the in the attic, and then her reaction, her delayed reaction was alarming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like. Is she supposed to be like slow to figure out what's happening, or is that that I was I had no idea what was going on. Then, uh, the, like the madam of the house, well, not the madam, but that makes it sound like it's a horror. Um, like the the house dean or yeah, 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 the house mother. That's what they call her, Mrs. Mc, um, Mrs. McHenry, who was fucking horny as hell for Mister Harris, and she was just wild. I mean, she was fucking wild. She was she she had all the adults were fucking nuts. <laughs> a, 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 a bottle of straight sherry hidden in a book. She had a bottle of straight sherry hidden in the back of the toilet and tied to a string. And she took that shit, didn't even wipe it off, put put it right to her fucking lips. I was just like, oh, oh, yep, gross. Nasty. It's just nasty, man. I this movie. It felt like it could have been a lot gorier. I kind of like in, like appreciate that it restrained itself because it could have got a messy gory like a Friday the Thirteenth kind of movie. Mm. Um, but at the same, it just 
for me, it just didn't make any sense. And it's funny because uh, we'll go into more into our producer Uvius tri- uh, trivia later on. But I wrote down at the beginning, I'm like, oh, wait, when you see the first person of the, the killer, like, climbing out the house and stuff, yeah. I was like, oh, no, is this going to be some Ted Bundy shit? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you find out this actually came out before the Ted Bundy shit. But we'll so talk maybe about, this inspired him. We'll talk about in the trivia. It's kind of fucking crazy. But between that, okay, I was like, I get it. It's the 70s. There's no security system. There's no caller ID and shit. But these white girls have no sense of urgency or sense of danger at all. I mean, like to be I mean to be fair, like they're just dealing with this whoever this nigga's calling saying, "Let me lick it, you pretty pig cunt." And everyone, I hate saying that word, but that's what's said in this movie and I need to repeat it verbatim because it's fucking nuts because they're just like, "Hee hee." And then he's just like all standing around just like, "Oh, oh." Listen to the oh, call, egging oh. him on, and then out of nowhere he's just like, "I'm going to kill you." And then they and then they just he hangs up. You're just like, they're just like, like, they're like, guys. I think we escalated that. I think we escalated. Well, that. I did. I did write down. See, Barb is promote provoking him because Barb, uh, Margaret Kidder's character, is provoking mm-hmm. the dude. I was like, that's what Justin does. And one day, Justin gonna get medium popcorn and some shit because you keep talking about because you keep responding to these crazy niggas that email us <laughs> and shit to the point where I had to hide those from you. I had to put a special filter on the email so you don't respond to any of this shit. <laughs> and folks, yes, we still occasionally get these random kind of uh, death threats and angry emails, mostly from Justin's Paddington 2 review, but there's been someone who's been pretty disturbing, consistent uh, the past I, I, years. Wow. You know, I guess whatever filters you put on have been good because I have not seen any of them. Exactly. Yep. Yep. I've been seeing them. To, I'm going to have to dig down into our email. No, and you find can't it. find them. You can't find them. But I will <laughs> say this. Fuck Google. Because I've been trying to flag these uh, these threats for a long time and got mm. no response. And it's right. not, like, serious enough where I feel like I need to go to the, the cops. You know what I mean? Mm. But, like, they have literally no response. They're cus- like, there's no customer service. Like, I've emailed security accounts and stuff. Nothing. Because you would have yeah. seen them. We yeah. share the email. It's, it's fucking yeah. atrocious. Um, so you just on top of it, huh? Well, because the Nick, I mean, I don't want to read out loud what the nigga's saying because I don't want to bring it to uh, reality, but it's it's not great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're just trying to make people laugh. Like, I'm not trying. He's talking about filleting balls. Come on now. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, yeah, this. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that the sound bite was that long. I thought I edited it down, but no. okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, there's nonstop white people in this. I mean, it's the seventies and it's in the suburbs or wherever the fuck this takes place. But well, if, it, if it's a college town, it's uh well, I mean, where, where is this supposed to be? I wasn't sure, man. Uh, yeah. The Wikipedia doesn't really give you a, a location, but they did film it in, where they filmed this? They filmed this in uh, University of Toronto. So they filmed this in Canada. Well, yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, th- this is inspired by the urban legend, the babysitter and the man upstairs, a series of murders that took place in the Westmount neighborhood in Montreal, Quebec. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, so this doesn't predate uh, those, um, uh, uh, this doesn't predate the whole, you know, he's in the house thing. Yeah. I mean, but okay. it's still, it's, 
I mean, I, I guess maybe this movie is supposed to talk about, like, you know, similar to what happened, what was it, the 80s when all the kids were getting kidnapped, snatched up in vans and shit, how, like, people just got very complacent and not very concerned about the threat of danger. Well, I guess the 70s and 80s, yeah. Yeah, so, 70s, because the 70s. cops are so lackadaisical, uh, and then also, like, even the parents, like I said, the adults are fucking weird. Like, Mr. Harris, who's looking for his daughter, he's weird as fuck. Uh, Almost to the point we just like did, did this, this nigga do? It? Yeah, I'm like, it, <laughs> and that was what was frustrating. It's like we never get clarity on who actually the killer is. Yeah, it's clearly not Peter. Um, even though uh, Jess beats the fuck out of him, or that's what it alludes to. Um, oh yeah, she she took that um that fire poker to him. Yeah, <laughs> but but it's 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 just very frustrating because again, okay, the killer's still alive. He's upstairs. There's a cop outside the house. Yeah. Go upstairs. He killed a cop who yeah. was watch, like standing out watch. He like slit his throat. Like mm-hmm. the, the whole town should be on fucking lockdown now. Well, first of all, it's the fact is like, I, I mean, obviously we're skipping around this episode, but it's fine. That girl, after <laughs> her fine. whole her entire ordeal, they leave her sleeping up in that house upstairs alone, and they just have a cops outside. It's just like, yeah, you want to go to sleep in your bed where your two friends were murdered next door, where you murdered your boyfriend in the fucking basement, where this person was likely murdered over here, and two other people are just completely missing. And on top of this all, nobody has really thoroughly checked the house. Nope. So you had all those cops inside the house, and not one, nay one of them decided to walk up to the damn attic and just say, hey, I wonder what's going on up here. Mm-hmm. Like, that is the optimal time to check. And it's not like those, the, the ladder to the attic was adequately hidden off somewhere. It, all you had to do was turn left. It was right there. It was right there. This movie could have been 20 minutes. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> if anyone just had gone upstairs and be like, hey, there's a crazy nigga up here. But to be fair, it sounded like that guy had super strength. Because it sounded like he, there was, he was a rabid dog, basically. Yeah. Between the way he was growling and barking. I mean, I did write down when he's chasing uh, Jesse. He, he's chasing her through the house and she locks the door. and He's banging and screaming and shit. I, that would traumatize me. That was fucking. Mm. That's probably the scariest part of this movie. Mm. It's because it's like if someone's that crazy. And then also I know that they killed my friends and shit. Like, yeah, this is a problem. Well, yeah, I mean, you're running for But your the life. cops are supposed to be listening in. Didn't they tap the phone? Didn't well, the guy say, don't go upstairs? The cop is talking to her like, yeah. hey, the cops are coming from the house. Don't go upstairs, Jesse. Jesse? Jesse? Hello? Hello? She's like, fire poker. I'm going upstairs. Like, hey, if you can hear me. I'm just like, oh, no. Dude, there were so uh, many moments where I, I... Again, I get how this is considered maybe from a cinematic standpoint. Um, a horror classic. There was definitely some cool shots and some cool inventive ways that they illustrated the killer's POV, right? Mm-hmm. But the character moments, and I guess maybe this is a point of the time. Call in, folks. If you're from, if you were around in 1974, please call and let us know. Was it this easy to just get away with shit and kill people? Because this is crazy. Three four seven five zero eight zero nine seven eight. I need to know because. You got between this killer just killing people throughout the house and hiding their bodies in the fucking attic. No one's even thinking to go upstairs. Then yep. you got a, a one girl who said, uh, 
She said, "You can't rape a townie," which was the cr- one of the craziest lines I've ever yeah, heard that, in my that, life. That, that was wild. That was wild. You got, you got carolers. And she, and she turned out to be a reporter. Yeah, you got carolers, <laughs> the creepiest bunch of little white kids I've ever seen in my life, singing outside the house in a haunting, like Charlie Brown esque vibe. And I was just like, "What are we doing here?" There's a there's a woman. Literally, Lois Lane is getting stabbed upstairs with a glass pick, and no one's, everyone's just like, oh, St. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? Holy night. He's like, ah, oh, God. All is calm. Oh, no, it's not. I'm dying up here. All is bright. I can see the light. I'm going into it. Yeah, that's that that scene was if, nuts. If I were that character, if I were Barb, and I got murdered like that, I would haunt every one of those little nigglers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, Brandon? I bet you like singing right now. Be, be, you know, now, you know, I'm, I'm out in the suburbs, and I, you know, I'm, you know, stay woke. I'm just all I'm gonna say is this: if I see some carolers knock on my door, I may have to pull a Roscoe out on them. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know what that means. Roscoe's a gun, baby. Oh God! Yeah, yeah, because ain't the. I, I am not for people rolling Just up. Just going to end up with New York one. <laughs> I, I, I am not comfortable with, with opening my door and just seeing a group of white people standing there singing. Listen, back in the day when that happened, there was a burning cross on the, on the lawn that was, you know, you know oh, with yeah. white people standing outside on your lawn singing something. But so it wasn't a positive thing. I don't know how I feel about that. But UV in the chat, she said, Ted Bundy killed people around that time, around the time of this release. So technically, this is kind of um, the way the 70s rocked. Maybe, yeah, because he just walked into a sorority house and bashed a bunch of women's uh, skulls in, right? Yeah, because he went from room to room. Yeah. He went, he went to room to room. He was Krampus. He's just like, you get some coal. You get some coal. <laughs> Jesus Christ. As he was taking souls more than taking mm-hmm. yep. coal. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Lord. Yeah, no, that that's incredibly dark. But I mean, what Ted, Ted Bunny was doing was incredibly dark. Yeah, and also we saw the stabbing of Margot Kidder and like the first person. That shit was kind of weird. Um, mm-hmm. Also, when he hooked the the old woman, I was like, oh, that's. Uh, I know what you did last summer. Did someone similar? So that's why I kind of like laughed during that scene. But mm-hmm. also, again, these bodies have been up here. Well, the first victim. The, the first night, her body's up there for at least 48 hours. Maybe a little bit less. She It's just still be stinking. Listen, man. He wrapped it in plastic. It means it's, it's oh. airtight. <laughs> I believe UVS trivia. Hold on one second. I got to pull this up because I was like, I could tell. Um, yeah, actress Lynn Griffin revealed for the scenes where she's wrapped in plastic, she would rip a hole in the bag, stuffing the opening into her open mouth and poke nose holes in the back with a pencil so she could breathe during filming. Being a swimmer also helped with her holding her breath in the bag. I was like, yeah, I wrote down, I'm like, she's, she's an actress in this bag. Like, it's not a, like a dummy at this point. She's yeah. still an actress with her head wrapped up making that face. I was like, <laughs> imagine you're like, you're done with your dialogue scenes. And now for the rest of the shoot, the film shoot, you're just wrapped in plastic. No, actually, what they probably did was because um, I mean, this was made with a six hundred and eighty-six thousand dollar budget. Uh, it was made in Canada. Uh, 
I wonder how many days this is, was filmed over. Do, 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 do we have that? Because, yes. yeah. So the, the way I oh, look it was, at it, uh, shot from March 25th to May 11th. So a little under two months. Okay. So they probably filmed on location. Oh, yeah, for sure. He stayed up there the entire time just in case they needed pickup shots or yada, yada, yada. So she was just there that entire time. And then the scenes where they needed her, they just bring her out there. But they just paid her for her entire time up there because that's what I did with the fucking film that I did. Got it. The films that I did in like Maine and shit. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, Especially I just, when you're doing on a low budget, you know. Well, this oh yeah, would, of course. wouldn't technically be that much, that low, low budget uh, today. Uh, but, you know, back then, that's essentially. I mean, they could still, I mean, they've tried to remake this a few times, but they could definitely, you could definitely do this film or something similar for a relatively low budget. I'm talking like 10 to 15 mil, maybe. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more, depending on like if you want to get big stars. Well, it depends. If you if you want to get big stars to play the sorority sisters, I can see that being worth like, you know, like I can see like a Jenna Ortega being like the main girl if you yeah. did a remake now. You know what I mean? But you'd have to pay top dollar for that to happen. But yeah. then you're going to get your return because she's such a big star now, which mm-hmm. is the rumor apparently with Scream 7 is that she already has been had been off of the project because they didn't want to pay her the money that they want to pay her, mm-hmm. which shows means that Paramount ain't doing well because... If you you're not trying to anyway, I don't want to go down. Yeah, if you ain't trying to cash in on that, yeah, <laughs> you ain't um, trying to win. But I mean, but also at the same time, uh, you know, with everything and streaming and whatnot, it's like yeah, of course you're not. Gonna. Yeah, I will say I I wrote down thirty minutes into this movie, and mind you, it's only an hour and a half, and I was bored to tears. Yeah, yeah, like that's the thing is it's like it's a slasher movie, but just. At some point, it's just a lot of white people just talking to each other with no yeah. sense of urgency. And also, that murder happens, and we don't get another murder for, like, a good another, what, 45 minutes? It's almost? a while. I think the housewife uh, mother is the, the next kill yes. after the opening kill, and it's, it's a long break. And then it's just, like, then when people do get a fire under their ass, nothing really happens because the cops are like, well, what do you want me to do? And what's the, what's the passcode to your account? And she's like, fellatio 2080. And he's just like, whoa, that's a good, that's a tongue twister. What does that mean? How do you spell it? <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't sound like that. He didn't sound like goofy, but. He might as well. <laughs> just making him goofy and shit. That was weird. Hey, Max, how do you spell fellatio? <laughs> <laughs> Your old dad hasn't has knocked one out in a while. <laughs> that really is an I am Sam situation. That whole that whole story. Oh what a oh, goofy uh, movie. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's kind of crazy. It's not good. It's like, Yuvia, uh, we should add an extremely goofy movie to the list. Oh, I think God. it's time. <laughs> it's not nowhere near as good as the first one, but it's. I think it's time for us to do that. Yes, Yuvia, it is the second one. Yeah. <clears throat> It'd be wild if it was the prequel. Yeah, <laughs> It'd be yeah. like how Goofy met the mom and shit and why she left. <laughs> She's like, nigga, you, you try to work at a photo booth? Like, I can't. You can't support me. <laughs> you got all these odd jobs. <laughs> 
Hey, I'm fixing roofs today. <laughs> and my good pal, Mickey, I've never met your pal. Well, he's in my head. <laughs> oh, didn't you? Because uh, I remember like um, one time I was over at your house. I think I had to walk Jackson daycare or something. Mm-hmm. And you left me to like watch like the Mickey Mickey and his friends or some Mickey shit. Mouse, uh, fun house. Yeah, yeah, you were saying like they, they they all have jobs and shit, but like one of them doesn't. Like you said, like Goofy, you're like, oh yeah, Goofy like has like a job, but he be messing up and stuff. I was like, yeah, it's Goofy. I, I, I no, that's not the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Then there's something else. Oh okay, it's something else. Yeah, but that shit was weird. Yeah, yeah. That was, Yo. just, that was just your life, or I mean, it's still in your life. You got yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just watching those crazy ass cartoons, and you're just like, hey man, Mickey the Mouse. That's Pete. <laughs> Why is he still there? He don't like. He doesn't like any of them. Why isn't Pete still around? Well, Pete is part of. Uh, I mean, Pete is like, yeah, he's kind of, he's the bad guy. But in the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, he ain't. He he's just kind of a douchebag sometimes. Okay. But he he helps him out. He's 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 always playing like a guy who's trying to like, oh, you want to go here? You got to pay a toll. He's trying to get some money. Yeah, he's always trying to get some money out of somebody. He's a businessman. About that businessman. Okay. Um, Anything that's not to talk about this. I know because it's stupid. That's the yeah. thing. It's like people could be like, "Oh, but it's like a really good, you know, it builds suspense really well and stuff." Like that. I'm like, "No, it doesn't." The most yeah, suspenseful part of this movie, the most haunting part of this movie, is the ending when it zooms out, slow zoom out from the house. Again, I think the cinematography was great. It zooms mm-hmm. out from the house. And you hear the ringing of the phone, no other sounds, and that's it. And it cuts to black. And then, like the, you know, you then you have the credits roll. I'm like, that's well, creepy and haunting. And then on top of that, you have a cop standing out front. He's like, he hears a he hears the ringing phone. He's like, hey, what's that? <laughs> he's just looking around. He's like, go inside, answer the phone, then, bro. That's what's so like. That's what I hate about horror films. I get it. Like they're fantastical. They're crazy, especially slasher films. But I always appreciate the horror films that kind of gave you that were grounded in some kind of reality. Like, yeah. if you're gonna have cops, okay, you can have dump, bumbling cops, but you gotta show that they're like getting taken out. But it still escalates things. You don't just like kill cops and like nothing happens. When Mike Myers, <laughs> when he murders all the police officers, guess what? The town tries to come after him. It's not like people yeah. are just like, "Damn, he killed a bunch of cops." Like, I guess we're gonna just go on with our lives. Yeah. The, the town says, "Hey guys, ante up!" And all of a sudden, they catch him. They catch him yeah. uh, lacking around yeah. town. Like when John Sachs sees that cop with his neck slit, he's just like, "Oh man, he had a rough Wednesday." Like, <laughs> there's no reaction. I'm like, "It's the '70s. Like they be fucking lighting up this town looking for this nigga." Well, and then on top of, or, or they just, <laughs> or they just find a nigga. And well, they, him and blame well, they him just for. immediately assume it's Peter. They're like, oh, he ki- she killed him. Okay, cool. Case closed. And it, there's no further investigation. Well, well, I mean, Brandon, I mean, that is that is police work at its finest yeah. in some places. So it's just like, oh, that guy's dead. Nah, well, you know, most likely him. And then the family files a files a civil suit against his family, and, and then that family goes broke, and he never even did nothing. And just and just basically destroy that man's name and his family, whole family name. Yeah, it's I I I I just was really frustrated with it. I didn't care about the one storyline with the girl who's pregnant. Oh well, that's that's uh, the main girl, right? Yeah, yeah. And her boyfriend Peter, 
And uh, what did he say? She, he was like, I love you. And she's like, I know. And I was like, oof. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's not what you uh, want to hear. Yeah, I was like, this ain't no Han Solo Princess Leia shit. That's that's some real like, I'm yeah. friend zoning you after I get this abortion if I want to get it. Yeah, he's like, you better not get no abortion. She's like, you can't tell me to do my body. I said, go ahead, girl. I'm like, but he gonna kill you for that. Oh yeah, and also John Saxon's reaction to I listened to the call when he said kill the baby. What did he mean by that? I'm mm-hmm. like, if there's a sla- if there's a potential serial killer. Going around, and you hear that potentially he's killed babies. Uh, granted, they're not related, but if yep. you, that's your immediate impression, nigga, ask that question faster. Yeah, <laughs> with a little bit more oomph to get to the bottom of it. Well, you know what? And I, I guess the other thing is like when they have a search party in the in the park and they're uh, looking around for the first girl who died, they come across a body in there. So a, a young girl had been killed at the park, right? We don't learn about that until later on where somebody, like when the, when the random, you know, caroler, carolers, you know, at the door and the woman's just like, hey, you kids all go home. It's just like a young girl was killed at the park. It's like, okay, yeah, I heard about that. And it's like, nigga, we ain't hear about it. We just find out about this right now. Y'all didn't make that big of a deal about it. Like it was just very weird about how all of this stuff played out. I will say, 70s fashion, nothing like it. These outfits were crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I was just like, oh, this is a time capsule. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Nobody's wearing this anymore. Yeah. I, I'm just, I just pivoted because, again, like, everything else about this movie was so stupid. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This movie... Fair. I just was like, okay. I really need to talk to someone who was around the seventies in like an area like this, I guess. Like, cause I just genuinely like get, I can't imagine being this ignorant, but like we said, like this is around the time of Ted Bundy and other similar events and shit like that. And so maybe, I mean, to live in a world where you could be this naive and comfortable. I, I mean, we've come a long way from that, I guess. You know, I guess also the question is like, when did the, so obviously I, I imagine that serial killers have always been a thing. They just haven't been able to really uh, nationalize it uh, before. But I feel like the serial killer craze or, or like it, it started to really uh, pique people's interest. People were sorry, paying attention during the 70s, yeah. you know, and then, you know, obviously later on going into the 80s and things like that. So I was like, I wonder, like, what changed that people that we started getting more people that were just out there uh, killing people? Maybe maybe uh, part of it is um, is the fact is that you're getting media attention and the people's like, oh, this is how I can make a name for myself by doing all this stuff. So now I mm. feel heard and seen, you know, and all that. But it's like it, it's just it's a, it's a weird thing. The whole serial killer, like how it kind of just started sp- the numbers just went through the roof at a certain time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like what was the thing that, that kind of kicked this off? Is it slasher movies like this? Maybe because if I saw something like this, I'm like, the nigga still got away with it. He's just in the house still. Mm-hmm. You, hey, kill- you can outsmart the cops. Yeah. I mean, every serial killer. <laughs> Are you man enough? Are you man enough to fight for niggas for me? 
That's one of the best things I've ever heard in my life. Did you mean the chance that they never caught the Zodiac Killer? Yeah, they thought they did. <laughs> Didn't they just recently, like about two years ago, solve one of his puzzles? Like, that's how complex that nigga was. Like, they just recently figured out, oh, shit. Oh, well, shit. It comes out. It just says that he's a Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Oh, God, alive. All right, well, uh, we did get some, um, like I said, we got some trivia on this. Um, so reportedly, uh, the writer Roy Moore took inspiration for the story from an actual series of murders that took place in Montreal, Quebec. Around mm-hmm. So this is, a, this is a Canada thing. That's what started this shit. Because mm-hmm. they had all their doors open and shit like that. But oh, yeah. uh, this happened around the Christmas season, along with the urban legend, the bat babysitter and the, the man upstairs, like you mentioned earlier, the legend about the babysitter who kept receiving disturbing phone calls. When she had the police trace the phone calls, they realized that a killer was calling from within the house in which she worked. The urban legend inspired at least six different films in the 1970s and several more in subsequent de- uh, de- decades. Um, According to the director, Bob Clark, the original script for the film featured more murder scenes that were way more graphic. However, he felt that it'd be more effective if the murders were toned down and kept subtle on screen. No, they needed more murders because this was really slow. It's so interesting because I remember uh, reading trivia about Scream and like that's the reason why Henry Winkler's character dies. Because uh, the Weinstein, one of the Weinstein brothers realized that there wasn't a murder for like 30 something pages. And they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, we got to kill somebody. Yeah. Yeah, something has to happen. Yeah. Especially if it's a slasher film. You got to kill niggas. Mm-hmm. The only time that really worked was like a movie like Psycho. Because you're like, you're watching the movie and you're kind of like, okay, was the, was the murder of the chick, was that like a fluke? Was that like a one-off thing? Or is she like going to keep killing people? So you're kind of like waiting to find out. And yeah. then when she kills the, uh, the PI, you're like, oh, okay, this is like, this is a real this shit. Thing, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of Psycho, uh, this movie is regarded as one of the first slasher films with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, Bay of Blood, 1971, Psycho, 1960, and Peeping Tom, 1960, preceding this film. It set the layout for films such as John Carpenter's Halloween. However, director Bob Clark considered it to be more of a psychological horror film than a slasher film. There's nothing psychological about this except getting through it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most horrific thing about this movie. And I'm sorry, if folks. Racking your brain. Yeah. Maybe you were just on some LSD in the 70s. Well, I'm just, that's what I'm, like, I'm trying to understand. Because I'm, you know me, I'm a fan <laughs> of slasher films. I can like some of the worst, the cheesiest slasher films. Valentine. For some reason, I love that movie. It's terrible, but I can dig mm-hmm. it, right? Urban Legend, same thing. This, I just that's was like. Terrible. This, again, I can appreciate it on a cinematic level, cinematography. I thought Margot Kidder fucking looked smoking. But, like, there's just nothing that kept me engaged for the hour and a half length. And it shouldn't have felt like it was a three-hour fucking movie. Yeah. It felt so... It, dude, Tatiana, like, passed by me several times watching this movie. She's like, why he looks so boring? I'm like, because this is so fucking boring. Like, the killings... And maybe that's the problem with the killings being so subtle. Like, yeah. maybe if they, like, were more gory, like, it may have been, like, less tasteful, but well, it would have woke me up. We didn't see anything. Yeah, so, like, I mean, you saw some blood dripping occasionally. And... No, no, that was that was only one thing. Yeah. Nobody else. The, 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 that's the only murder where you actually saw something actually happening. All the other murders actually happened off camera. Yeah. Or, like, yeah, they were very quick. 
quick cuts and stuff. No, 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 no. They all happened off camera, and then you just saw a body somewhere uh, later on. Even when he wrapped an old girl in the plastic bag? Yes. Wow. I thought you saw like him wrapping her head and shit. No. No. You, you got nothing. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. The, the, you just saw the next day. She's just sitting there in a rocking chair all wrapped up. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Um, a strict rule that Clark had set for himself when writing the female characters was to never objectify them sexually or give them nude scenes. He wanted the college girls to come off as real people and not disposable horror characters waiting to die, which I can appreciate. Mm-hmm. Even though I would have loved to see Margot Kidder uh, naked in this, but uh, even though, even though, at the same time, they were portrayed as fucking sex crazed horn dogs, and not very smart. Yeah. Like you, you look at you know oh this girl's got a wall you know or the poster on the wall of some uh, you know uh, some girl laying on top of a guy with with an ass all out uh yeah so it's like it, they and then you know um uh, the barber girls talk about you know fellatio is a phone number yep. it's like yeah so like it really didn't like yeah you didn't want to paint them as sexual objects but. They're just kind of sex crazy and horny, and the only and our main our lead actress is like, yeah, I got pregnant. Yeah. I'm pregnant because you was shooting that fucking man yogurt in me. Like, what's going on here, <laughs> dude? I imagine the seventies, man. They must have had some rough condoms. I'm just saying, I, you know they did. <laughs> you know that lube was like very limited and shit. It, probably like rubbing sandpaper on your dick. <laughs> That's probably why everyone was raw dug. That's why there's so many kids between the 60s and 70s. And that cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> you had that cocaine, baby. And syphilis uh, was on the rise. Oh, God. Um, star Margot Kidder uh, admitted in an interview that she never thought the film would become a hit and was surprised to learn that it gained such a cult cl- uh, cl- uh, following over the years. Um and due to the film's low budget, some of the actors were encouraged to provide some of their own clothes for the film production. You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell. <laughs> I like, that nigga woke up like this. Um, another crazy uh, piece of trivia that Yuvia found was the original script was over 166 pages long before Bob Clark came in to do some rewrites. Then all an altered script if film could have easily produced a near three-hour film. This script was used for the basis of a long-out uh, print Novelization written by Lee Hayes. Interesting. Mm. So it's funny because, like, I'm looking at this and uh, uh, Kidler, Kidder, uh, she took on the role of Lois Lane in 1978. So, you know, I think that's super interesting. The fact is that you're, you like, you never know where you're going to be. And it's just like, I wonder if she, so she took this film, which Looking at her acting, it, what she did with this film, I don't think she really took it that seriously. And especially her saying, like, I didn't think this thing was going to be a hit. Yeah. I th- you know, she just didn't take that seriously. And then next thing you know, four years later, she's playing Lois Lane in a huge uh, movie, which is considered, in, well, basically is one of the, you know, the first, like, superhero movies and one of, like, the, you know, the biggest characters that's been around in that time for the last 50 years. Yeah. Hey, man, I mean, horror films are a really good way for people to break out, right? Yeah. Like, I think horror or, like, revitalize her career, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, I talked about Scream. Nev Campbell, breakout role. Um, she didn't really take off the way I think that she wanted to in film. But no. still, Drew Barrymore, that put her back on the map, that opening scene. 
Um, yep. Jennifer Love Hewitt, I know what you did last summer. Even uh, as me, most recently as X and Pearl with Mia Goth. That put yep. her on the map. Like, you know what I mean? Like, horror movies are really good for doing that. It's just that you got to hope that there's other things that, like, you can you can get into outside of that, especially the franchise isn't a hit. You know what I mean? Or yeah. like, has yeah. no longevity. Because a lot of horror films are one-offs. They're not made to be cinematic sequels or, you know, series. Or if they are, you're probably going to die in the sequel. Like, that's yeah. usually how this works with Survivors, right? Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, good for her. Good for her. I didn't hear of any of the other actors, really. So, at least she got out unscathed. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. But, again, well, this is a big hit. <clears throat> well, yeah, John Saxon. But he was already an established actor by this point. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everything. Uh, oh, man. Oh, you know what? what? I didn't realize that the main actor, Olivia Hussey, uh, she was Argentinian. Ooh. Born in Buenos Aires. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, she uh, she looked very exotic, but also very white. So I think it was probably the makeup mm-hmm. and the way they lit her. But uh, yeah, I remember being like, she uh, in that yellow. I was like, that's popping. It was popping. It's popping. It's popping. <laughs> Who did that song, Little Mama? I I think so. Yeah, my lip gloss. Yeah, yeah. My lip gloss is popping, man. I rem- <laughs> <laughs> little mama <laughs> fucking walked on stage with Jay-Z. <laughs> and he was like, what the fuck are you doing up here? <laughs> yeah, and then he poses and she's just there with him. <laughs> he was like, yo, get out of here. <laughs> There's a, remember a period where niggas just could get on stage? I mean, but it, it's not like they were just random people. Yes, yes. I mean, I, I wonder what security is like these days at like award shows to prevent moments like the like Kanye. the little mom or the Kanye Taylor. So, man, I still remember that night. I watched that shit live. I think I wasn't in college. But I remember watching that live and being like, and looking up to the TV. And I was like, wait, why is Ye on screen? And then he said what he said. He's like, Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. And then shrugged and dropped the mic. He didn't even hand the bat yep. to Taylor. Oh, no, he did well, hand the bat I mean, to Taylor. Brandon, he did that- hand I, I I think history has already uh, solved answered your question because Will Smith literally walked on stage and slapped. Yeah, true, true. Chris true. Rock. So yeah. it's well, not that great. So what they're saying is don't give black people stages. <laughs> don't give us. Don't let us on stage. No, no, no. Don't give black people liquor. <laughs> true. True. During award show. Do, well, Will Smith did he have some drinks? Had he had some drinks? I, I don't know. I, I mean, that's still right. not an excuse or anything like that. But Yeah, I mean, but it saved his marriage, so I guess it all worked out, right? Oh, my God. Could she please stop doing <laughs> interviews? Lord. Please, I want her to go away. Please I want her stop. To go away. Like, I just want to forget about y'all for a little bit. Please. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so you know, crazy. Actually, you know, I think one of the funniest walking on stage is – um. It was on SNL when Will Ferrell went on stage while I think Diddy was performing. And apparently Diddy was really pissed. And, like, they were ready to assault him over that. Oh, shit. Yeah, you didn't hear about that? No, no, no. Oh, yeah. He was performing. And and Will Ferrell comes on dancing or or whatever, you know, just being Will Ferrell. (laughs) And they were just like, no. (laughs) No. I, um, one of my favorite random, like, clearly unstate like unscripted moments was like i think the golden globes 
Ricky Gervais, you know, he was a little bitch. Like, mm-hmm. I was, but he would roast the. Fu- what I always liked about him is that he would roast the fuck out of people. I think he's a terrible comedian, but he would get some burns in. Like, oh that yeah, only a white man could do. And he did like this bit about Angelina Jolie and Johnny Depp being that like movie. We haven't done it for the podcast, but they were like some weird spy movie that was apparently really really bad. And um, I don't remember that. He was like. He's like, they're are, both, is it Angelina Jolie or Angelina and uh, Brad Pitt? And, uh, Angelina Jolie and Johnny Depp. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. And essentially, he was just like, they're both nominated. I can guarantee you, neither one of them have seen this movie. Like, <laughs> neither one of them knew knows what happened. Blah blah blah. Like, and then Johnny Depp came on to present, and Ricky Gervais comes on stage. He's like, I gotta ask you for real, for real. Have you seen that movie? <laughs> have you seen the movie? Johnny Depp's like, uh, I'm not gonna. Like, what? And Ricky Gervais is like. Mm-hmm. Just walks off stage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's just like, <laughs> what's going on? Also, uh, I think correct me, uh, like look, callers call and correct me if I'm wrong. Pretty sure Ricky Gervais said some shit about Bell Gibson before he came on stage, like something about sugar tits from his racist uh, arrest call that he did. Oh, I don't know. Remember when Mel Gibson was getting? I think he was getting well, arrested yeah, yeah, or something yeah. like that. He called that uh, police officer sugar tits. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Ricky Gervais had some. He had some hits. Oh yeah, he was. He, he just did not care. That's why like, they stopped yeah. having him. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, hey, people. No, because people didn't want to come anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was like, hey, if I'm gonna get flamed by Ricky Gervais, I ain't showing up. Yeah, I get it. That's amazing. Yeah, because you don't expect to get roasted when you're trying to like get lick soft stuff and win an award. Listen, put the fear of God in these folks. <laughs> be like, nigga, I'm trying to get in a Spielberg movie. You can't be calling me a pedophile. <laughs> no, uh, he wasn't a pedophile. He was a pedophile. A pedophile. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, we did get a few uh, Patriot thoughts. And folks, remember, if you sign up for Patreon at patreon.com slash popcorn, you were guaranteed to have your thoughts and reviews of that upcoming film read on the episode. First up is Chrissy W., who wrote, this is one of my favorite Christmas horror movies. And I usually watch it this I usually watch this every year. It's a quick and easy slasher movie and Billy is crazy as hell and creepy. The 2019 remake to this is awful. I mean, I don't know. I, Chrissy W, I might need to learn more. Like please call and let us know why you actually like this movie cuz we yeah. we clearly we haven't gotten to our rating yet, but we clearly weren't fans. So again, 347-508-0978. We want to hear from you. And if the remake is horrible, oh boy, <laughs> that must be pure dog shit. <laughs> and then uh, Yo Leo wrote, it's an absolute iconic film that is widely considered to be the star of slasher films, although the director said it's intended to be viewed as a psychological thriller. Uh, it's a Christmas tradition for me to pop this on. I hope you guys enjoyed this. the old-ass teens. I guess teens did look old as fuck back then, though. Laughing yeah. emoji. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a thing for forever, like mostly because of, uh, I imagine, like age restrictions on like certain content they can be a part of. And also like the hours that you can film and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, th- these niggas are old as fuck. As yeah. college they, kids. They, they these college kids looked like they were 47 years old, Ex- especially that the boyfriend, Peter, <laughs> that guy, what's his name? Kerr, uh, Kerr, uh, Dullian. Yeah. Yeah. He, he looked Rough, rough. <laughs> Wait, actually, when this movie came out, he was forty-eight years. He, no, he no, wasn't. He was thirty-eight years old. He was thirty-eight years old. Jesus, he was Christ. born in nineteen thirty-six. Brandon, 
Jesus. Oh. No. Wait okay. a second. Go ahead. So you know what? I like because I'm looking up. There's there's a few remakes of this, right? Mm-hmm. So the, I I saw the 2006 remake of this. Okay. Which is still bad, and it's 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 way weirder and shit. Um, but it's got Michelle Tragenberg, um, Mary Elizabeth Win- Winstead, and Lacey Sherbert. Like it's got like some cute white girls in it. Um, but it's it's pretty it's pretty bad still. But okay. I think that one is a definitive killer though. Well, yeah, I mean, but I, I also think that the reason you're get uh, this movie was the way that it was is because they were kind of following the, the Alfred Hitchcock um, kind of formula uh, mm. to film. Well, uh, well I, I guess to a horror film in yeah. uh, basically the unknown. You're afraid of the unknown. So you basically don't actually reveal the killer, you know, or do the, the misdirect stuff like that, which in, in the. Uh, to yeah. his, I guess, uh, to his um, defense, it did work depending on what it, on what you're actually filming, but other aspects it doesn't, especially like what they did here. I don't think it worked at all. No, not at all. Not at all. Not good. Um, and then the 2019 remake, I haven't seen that one, that, but it has Carrie Elves, uh, Imogen Poots, Brittany O'Grady. I mean, it looks like a little bit more diverse of a cast, um, but it still doesn't look great. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. maybe this the story just ain't it. How about that? Just let it die. Yeah, done. Maybe just movies about sororities just don't work that well. You know, I think about, uh, what was the sequel to, yeah, Neighbors 2, about the sorority. That one, for some reason, just didn't work really well. It had some funny parts, but yeah, it didn't. The porn. <laughs> Can you repeat that? I don't think people heard. No, it. no, Yuvia in the chat. Unless it's a porn. Mm, yeah. You, so did you know that? So, so certain towns and things like that. I, you know, this it, it doesn't necessarily. Um, this, what I'm about to say isn't necessarily true everywhere, but in certain towns. If you have more than a certain amount of women uh, living in one house, it is considered a brothel and it's not necessarily legal. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I learned that in, when I was looking for a place in college and like the realtor told us that we were, we were like, wait, what? Like, this is fucking 2005. Like, what are you talking about? Nuts. Yeah. Life is crazy, man. Mm-hmm. Break down our rating system, baby. Stop calling me baby. So, guys, you know how we do this. We rate movies, bags of popcorn, small, medium, large, and the XL for the exceptional. If a film doesn't deserve any popcorn, we throw it into the dog shit pile. We pile piles and piles of dog shit on top of it. So, Brandon, we sat down and watched the 1974 film Black Christmas, a.k.a. Silent Night, Evil Night. <laughs> A.K.A. Stranger in the House. What say you, sir? It's tough because I, I want to give it a small because of its influence on some of my favorite horror films, but I just can't do it. It's getting 1974 piles of dog shit. Mm. I really did not enjoy this. Like, and I can't force it because, like I said, there's parts where I can appreciate it as a cinephile, like certain shots and moments, but overall i 
I wouldn't recommend anyone watch this unless they just have time to kill and they don't they don't mind like doing laundry or something like that. And like you could easily do a bunch of shit in the background and like still kind of keep up with what's going on here. But um, uh, Brandon, so how would you rate it if you were watching this as a producer? Well, as a producer, <laughs> I think I would give this. I would give this a small because I think that you know it's shot really well and it's like put together in a very impressive way that shows the cinematography at its finest. But I think as a producer, I would need to really market it in a way that's enticing. And I don't know how it was marketed, to be honest with you. Okay. Thank you, producer Brandon. Uh, So I'm going to give this 98 piles of dog shit. Uh, A pile of dog shit for every minute of shit that I had to watch. I found it incredibly boring. Uh, I didn't necessarily care about the characters because there was nothing to really... Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, there was no one that you really liked. Yeah, because even uh, with, you know, our main character uh, played by Olivia Hussey, uh, she... Like, they didn't really give her enough. They just said, oh, she's pregnant. So it's like, obviously, we all want a pregnant woman to survive because we're like, hey, the baby. But outside of that, you know, like, I didn't care. They didn't build these characters up at all. And, like, I mean, and this is from Olivia Hussey's character to John Saxton's, uh, who's kind of like the hero of this, even um, uh, uh, Margaret Kidder. It's like nobody was necessarily the standout to a point a person was like, oh, I want them to live. You know, so it just kind of felt like a waste of my time. That's fair. That's fair. Well, there you have it, folks. That's a review on Black Christmas 1974. As always, you know, you can follow me at Frodo underscore Blackens, particularly on threads and Instagram. That's where I'm at these days. You can also follow me at American Council on TikTok. I'm there as well. And then follow the show at Medium P Podcast on all social media platforms. Be sure to go to YouTube.com slash Medium P Podcast. Push that subscribe button so you get alerted about all future reviews and celebrity interviews that have coming up on that page. Uh, interviewed recently Divine Joy Randolph from the holdovers, be able to look out for that video. So take yourselves over there, subscribe, and all the viewership uh, helps the show grow because uh, Justin and I need that ad money. Please, please, mm-hmm. please. Speaking of mm-hmm. money, Justin, how else can people support the show financially as well as follow you, good sir? Guys, you can follow me at jbrowndidit on the socials, but you can support this show on Patreon, patreon.com slash popcorn. We have $2, $5, $10, and $15 packages, and these packages, they're full and they're bold. So you can get our entire back, <laughs> our Jesus entire back, our entire backlog, uh, bonus episodes, uh, bonus, you know, the mini episodes. Uh, so like, th- there's a lot of uh, content yeah. on our Patreon. So if you're a fan of this show and you want more, Patreon is where it's at because there's there's hours, there's probably there's days of content. Yeah, there's a there's Patreon. a lot, man. I think it would take quite a long time, even the $2 tier, to get through everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, we've been doing Patreon for, like, what, almost six, seven years? Seven years, years, maybe, yeah. Yeah. That's a while. Yeah, we got to change that RSS fee. I think some niggas get it on for free. (laughs) Oh, no. I think we got to change it up. But uh, thank you all so much for your support. Again, patreon.com slash popcorn. Everything supports the show. Or you can go to mediumpopcorn.com. We have an Amazon wish list as well as a donate button. All that stuff helps out the show um, because 2023 has been a rough year. We appreciate your support. But um, anything that you can uh, provide some additional uh, gumption for us to to take on, we appreciate (laughs) it.
<laughs> All right, y'all. We'll talk to you soon. Medium popcorn. We are two niggas spoiling movies. Yeah. Brandon Collins. That's me. And Justin Brown for your moving needs. Medium popcorn. Woo! You haven't seen it? Well, we're gonna spoil it. Spoil it in your face. That's your warning. Uh. So if you get pisses or your Medium Popcorn is produced by Yubia Gilliam and Cassidy Collins, LLC.